Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, it was a struggle for me to get home. Yesterday, I was originally supposed to leave at like 9.20 on Sunday night. My first flight got canceled. My next flight got postponed three times. I ended up taking off around 12.30 in the morning on Monday. Finally got home and got in bed around 5 a.m., ready for me to start my workday at 8 a.m. That is why I always recommend for people to fly out in the morning. I always fly out in the morning. I didn't for this time, and I'm paying for it now, but I am back home. After we record, I will also be doing my final travelogue episode to talk about everything that I saw that I have not discussed yet, of course, as I mentioned before. Some of those things are still in preview, so I can't talk about them, but I do want to highlight some things that I did really, really like. I thought Jonah was spectacular from Roundabout. Oh, Mary, that... Maybe we can talk about this here in a second, Grace, but like that has to come to Broadway. Like it just absolutely has to come to Broadway. And the notebook, I don't want to say much, but I got a $49 ticket in like a great seat. If you can see that for $49, for $149, I mean, maybe even $249, it is probably worth it. So uh, listen to that on Patreon coming up later on Monday or on Tuesday, depending on when I can schedule things out. But a successful trip, Grace. You and I saw a couple things together. Overall, uh, it was a, a nice time, other than the fact that it was butt cold. It's too cold. My ass is cold. My face is cold. Everything's cold. But you know what? The shows are hot. The shows are hot, I have to say. The shows are hot. Speaking of a hot show, Grace, this one came as a little bit of a surprise just because I think we'd all heard something different and maybe we can get into what that means. But yesterday it was announced that Tony nominee, style icon and former Miss America Vanessa Williams will play the role of Miranda Priestly in the West End production of The Devil Wears Prada coming up in October of this year. We already know that Beth Level played the role in the Chicago out-of-town tryout. It is getting a complete overhaul with new material written by Elton John and Shana Taub for the score and Kate Weatherhead writing the book. Original director Anna D. Shapiro is not continuing with the show. Jerry Mitchell is taking over. He has had a ton of success in the West End. Grace, we've hinted at it. Like, I just, we'd all heard that it was going to be Hannah Waddingham playing this role, which I also thought worked really, really well. That apparently is not happening. I don't know if that's a scheduling thing or if maybe the show is just not as good as they were hoping it would be and hasn't made as much improvement since Chicago and she decided not to. But would love to see Hannah Waddingham. But if it's not going to be her, Vanessa Williams feels perfect because she essentially played this part on Ugly Betty, although, you know, not in an actual official Devil Wears Prada role. Yeah, I think that she's awesome for it. Um, she's a leading lady. She's iconic. She's fierce. I think that it does add an interesting dynamic. I don't know if we know the other people that are going to be playing opposite her in terms of this now being like climbing the corporate ladder as a woman of color, or if that's like not part of that story, who knows? But I think it's really great casting. And also the Hannah Waddingham thing was a rumor. Like it may have never been her. And it was always supposed to be Vanessa Williams. You never know. But you know, that's how these things tend to like shake out. But I'm sure there was some validity to it. So I am for one very excited. I love Vanessa. She's an amazing, kind person, but also an incredible artist to see. And um, ever since POTUS, I think people are like, when can we see her on stage again? So let's Mm -hmm. do it. 
Yeah. It, you bring up a good point because in the Chicago run, Beth Level, as I said, played Miranda Priestly, but Taylor Amon Jones, who is a woman of color, a black woman, played the Anne Hathaway role. So that does bring a much different dynamic to that part, even if it is nothing mentioned in the book or the score itself. But having the lead central protagonist of the show be a woman of color and then having, I don't know if I'd say Miranda's the antagonist, but I mean, I guess she is for, for, for most intensive purposes be a white woman, I think that definitely adds a different context that will change no matter who plays Andy, if it is a woman of color or if it is a white woman, who knows, but it is going to change, you know, fairly significantly just on the optics of it. But there's very few people that I think you could get to be better for that role. And having Vanessa Williams originate a role in a musical, even though, you know, they did it out of town, I would imagine if you have her do it in London, chances are pretty good that if and when it comes to New York, that she will continue with it. And I think that is more the better for everybody, because, as you said, she is an icon in every single imaginable way. All right, so let's go from a show that is announcing a bunch of things that are going to be beginning to a show that might be on its way to closing. And over the weekend, the New York Times had a new article in which it talked about the arrivals of Sutton Foster and Aaron Tveit in Sweeney Todd on Broadway. But... The article said, quote, after three months with Foster and Tevate, the show is expected to end its run. I think that that is probably the best idea there, Grace. We haven't talked, I, I, to be quite honest with you, like I was talking with somebody while I was in town, like other than with all of this casting stuff, like I don't feel like Sweeney Todd has been on the lips of people in conversations. It is done well, uh, as we've talked about before, even with seven performances every week, like it is done you know, a solid business, you know, throughout its entire run, especially when Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford were there. But like, it just seems crazy to me that Sweeney Todd has not been something that we've been talking about nearly as much as I thought we would. You know, obviously we have another Sondheim show on the street right now with Mary Louie Rulong, and that sucks up maybe a little bit of the, the Sondheim oxygen. But by the time these two leave, it'll been have on been on Broadway for over a year. So that's a successful run for anything, but especially a musical revival. But you know, unless I think they can get another big casting coup, which I guess we could talk about and, and bat around. But like, I feel like it feels like it's time for this one to close up shop. Yeah, it's hard. I've seen some of the ensemble members and um, covers taking their leave to new Broadway heights. I know that, you know, we're probably going to get into some other casting news as well. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's but I think that the the hard part about this, right, is that like, I hope that they're not, you know, banking on we'll decide in the next 12 weeks because these are these actors and and crew members like jobs, you know, like it's it's not so much like yeah. like I hope that there's some kind of, you know, oh, we want to bring in more celebrities or, you know, stunt casting those names for those principal roles. Otherwise, let the people know, you know, that it's that they're yeah. closing up the pie shop. Yeah, it, it is always beneficial when they know, you know, what the trajectory of that will be. They are currently scheduled to end their run on May 5th. That is what is interesting to me. Like, that's such a, a wonky time. It is literally the week of the Tony nominations. So that means you're not going to have something open during that back part of spring, early summer. You could maybe get something into the Lunt Fontaine for summer. But, like, that's one of our biggest theaters on Broadway. So... It's it's we as we talked about before, like getting a mu musical to open in the summer, you have to just have such huge name recognition, either in terms of IP or stars, that it is worth it. In recent years, like 
it's been hit or miss. Like Back to the Future did it. Great IP that worked. Once Upon a One More Time did it. You would think Britney Spears, great name attached, but she wasn't in the show and that didn't work. So it, it seems to me like if they do close up Sweeney Todd from a show perspective, it would make sense. From a timing and calendar perspective, that would make it hard for the Nederlanders to find something else to fit into that space because it's not like you can really do a limited run play with a star and make that sell in a 1500 seat theater. So it's tough, but we can wait and see what happens. You know, I mentioned the fact that, oh, Mary, uh, I think it has to come to Broadway. No, I am not somebody who believes that every great hit off Broadway needs to transfer. And this one is a weird, quirky show. As we talked about before, it's Cola Scola playing Mary Todd Lincoln with Conrad Ricamora playing Lincoln. It is funny. It is a little filthy. I mean, it is it is shocking at times, but I think it it could ride this momentum that it has at the Lucio Lortel Theater and bring it to Broadway this summer. I mean, hell, it's closing in March. If they really wanted to squeeze it in uh, this spring, I think they probably could get it in under the deadline. I think that would be rough just in terms of generating enough tickets. But like there's open houses you know, there's the Lyceum that my son's a queer was supposed to be in. Like, that's just sitting there. That's a little bigger, maybe, than I would hope, but it's a 900 seat theater. So there are things to move around, Grace. And it's interesting to me that we still have all of these shows getting ready to open in the spring. And yet we're already to start, we're already starting to play musical chairs with everything happening for next season as well. All right. You mentioned the fact that we were going to be talking a little bit more about casting. And yesterday we got the complete casting announcement for The Great Gatsby on Broadway. Of course, we already knew all of the principals with Jeremy Jordan as Jay Gatsby, Ivan Obelzada as Daisy Buchanan, Noah Ricketts as Nick Carraway, Sam Pauly as Jordan Baker, Sarah Chase as Myrtle Wilson, John Androsky, which let me get back to him, as Tom Buchanan, Paul Witte as George Wilson, and Eric Anderson as Wolfsheim. I got to tell you, I saw Jonah over the weekend and I mentioned that earlier. John Drosky is in that show and having only ever seen him before in Gatsby. Do you know him at all, Grace? Like, have you seen him in anything before? He was in Goodnight Oscar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do from that. Yes. <laughs> OK, I I mean, because his character of Tom Buchanan is such an a-hole in Gatsby, like I that's the only thing I knew him from. But I got to tell you, he was weird and quirky and absolutely hilarious in Jonah and it was like, oh, my God, this is such a great reminder that actors, especially in New York and on Broadway, are so uber talented that they can give you such different things depending on what role it is. But he was great. So anyway, we already knew about them. But joining the production in ensemble and swing and understudy roles are some familiar names, including Austin Colby, Curtis Holland, Ryan Nixon, Pascal Pastrana, the great Katie Weber and others, some of those were with the show when it was out of town. But Grace, kind of like you were talking about, like figuring out where people are going. From what I understand, like everybody was welcome back from the paper mill production. But because it was such a quick turnaround that some of them already had things booked for this spring and couldn't do it, which is you know a shame because I thought the ensemble was really strong out at paper mill. But it just kind of shows you that even with great opportunities like this, they come around pretty quick and you kind of have to readjust and shuffle things on the fly. Yeah, I just want to shout out the fact that Alex Prakin and Sam Polino um, are going to be in a Broadway show together, and they have been together, partners, dating, what have you, for 
many years, but this is um, Alex Bracken made his Broadway debut by doing New York, New York. Sam is leaving Sweeney Todd and they're getting to do this show together, which I think is really, really special. Also, shout out to Austin Colby, our dear friend who is making his Broadway debut. I cannot wait. Um, Kayla Piccioni. Like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It's Austin's Broadway debut? Yes. Yes. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That is nuts crazy. to me. I know. It doesn't make it make sense. Yeah, he's done so much and he's done so many out of towns and he did the national tour of Frozen that you would not realize that. And and he's such a star that you wouldn't realize that he's actually never had a Broadway debut. This was not in the cards, I think, for it to be this show. Like there was another show that was um, Mm -hmm. being shopped around um, previously that I thought was for sure going to be the one. And then it wasn't. And that's okay. Like things change. And so I'm just so excited that he's going to make this happen. I I can't wait to support him and cheer him on. I cannot wait to see the show. Yeah. uh, That show that you mentioned was, I'm assuming, Come Fall in Love, which we talked about back in 2022, which was out of town. It played at the Old Globe. And we kind of thought that that was going to make its way in and he would have been the the male lead in that show. He is now going to be, I'm assuming, based off what happened at Paper Mill, he is going to be the standby or understudy for Jay Gatsby. And I think as great as Jeremy Jordan is, and he is a star in this show, Whenever Austin goes on, I I do not think you will lose anything in terms of quality. He might not be the name that Jeremy Jordan is, but he certainly is an incredible talent. All right, let's head over to some feel-good recommendations. On Monday on The View, the cast of Spamalot, led by Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer, performed the song Find Your Grail on The View. So uh, that was wonderful. Check that out. And then the other one, which I think is is a must-watch for anybody who cares about the behind the scenes stuff happening on Broadway, especially when it comes to diversifying not just what happens on stage, but the people who are making things, yes. who are creating the things that ends up on stage. And LaShawn's was the subject of an interview on CBS Sunday morning, talking not just about her career on stage, once on this island, ragtime, summer, color purple, but more primarily about what she is doing as a producer on Broadway. And she has become one of the absolute biggest producers. She, her name is on just about every show out there, including winning a Tony for Kimberly Akimbo last season. I think this is wonderful. She is incredibly insightful about the work that is happening in those rooms to make sure that people that look like her and have not had opportunities to have roles like that in Broadway shows are becoming a little bit more open. So check that interview out. I know that that is something, Grace, that you care about tremendously as well. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for this this recommendation from you. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> it's, it's very close to my heart. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 